Hello! This episode has kind of a massive content warning. I tried to type it all out, but it turns out it's just kind of everything, so please take care when listening. It includes child abuse, sexual abuse, racism, hate crimes, anti-Semitism, religious trauma, suicide, homophobia, and transphobia. Welcome back to Teacher Quit Talk, where we're... All have already quit. That was a while ago, though. Mm-hmm. So now we're just going to talk. And we have such high energy, if you can't tell by our voices. We're just ready to rock and roll. I was at Target Optical for three hours today. So if anyone else needs anything from me, they can fuck I off. I can't understand why they wouldn't just give you your damn contacts. Tell the people what okay, happened to you. So I'm a little bit on the wrong side of history. I was being a little bit of a bitch at Target Optical because this is so overly complicated, but I have two health insurances right now because my job is changing. So I just, there's like a weird crossover. So one would think I could get medical care, but apparently neither one of my health insurances that are both expensive cover vision, which is great. Oh my God, America. And they were typing in the number and it pulled up a different lady and they were like, this is what your number is tied to. And I was like, well, that's not me. And they were like, but that's what it says. And I was like, yeah, but I'm here with my government ID and it doesn't say that woman's name on it. So I don't really care what the group number is. Like, I'm not her. And I was like, if she has vision care, I can be her. Like, if that's what this is. And then, like, while there was that snafu happening, there was a lady who was a walk-in, but she had gotten there before me, and they were trying to tell her that she needed to wait for me to go ahead of her because I had an appointment. But I was like, just take her now because she had two little kids with her, and she just seemed really overwhelmed. And, like, I was dealing with my insurance, so I was just trying to be, like, efficiently minded. But I think that that the Target Optical staff didn't like that I kind of took the reins with that one. You were just being kind. And the Target Optical manager was yelling at the employees because they hadn't done some kind of online training that they were supposed to do. And she was like, you guys were supposed to have done this last night before you came in today. And then the manager went to the bathroom. So I went to the employees and I was like, that's illegal for her to ask you that because I'm assuming you guys get paid by the hour. So you need to do that at work, not at home. Because the employees were saying we didn't do it because it wouldn't let us log in. And the manager was like screaming at them. So then when the manager left, I needed to like talk to the employees and kind of just like show them that they do have rights. And then they were really happy. So then they were talking shit about the manager to me. And then the manager came back. Yeah, they're trying to unionize Target Optical. Target Optical, I'm coming for you. They wouldn't give me my contacts prescription. This was actually logical. She was like, I don't want to write your prescription because then it's going to be finalized. And if you don't like the new ones, then you're going to have to come back and do a whole new visit. So she was like, just call me in a day or two and see if you like them. Because she gave me two pairs. And she was like, and then I'll finalize your prescription and then they wouldn't give me my glasses prescription because I wanted a glasses prescription that lasts for two years and they were trying to only give me one that lasted for one year they were just being really difficult about it and then the manager that was exploiting her employees was the one that was being difficult so I was like girl you don't even know and then she was mad because she was like yeah we'll get you the two-year prescription pay right now though and I was like I'll pay once you give me the prescription and then she was like well my printer's not working and I was like then how did it print out the prescription that expired in one year. I was like, how does the printer magically work for the one that expires basically tomorrow? But I did get the glasses prescription. I just ordered them. Glad I had a happy ending. I am literally so proud of you. You were literally in the place that you needed to be at that time. That was divinely orchestrated, so to speak. Yeah, you blessed those workers. Yeah. You blessed them. So uh-huh. if you're listening to this and you work at Target Optical and your manager is telling you to do some sort of online module at home, tell her that Miss Redacted called 
target HR. Well, Lauren, I'm so, so excited to talk to you today. Do you want to like tell the peoples about yourself? Sure. Okay, so my name's Lauren. You may know me on TikTok as ADHD, former teacher. I am autistic. I have ADHD. I left teaching uh, a year ago, almost exactly. I'm almost at a year at my new job, which is I work in IT as a business analyst. Oh, and I'm also queer, which is also relevant to this episode. Talk about that a lot. And education, but just really talk about my life. Oh, and let me just say, I am so happy to have you here because everything that you talk about on your channel is so near and dear to my heart and we just I I mean I think everybody should check it out but we get to do a deep dive with you today I asked Lauren to be here today specifically because we wanted to talk about the bills affecting the LGBTQIA plus community and Lauren has a lot of knowledge about that has intimate experience with a lot of these issues and of course it is pride month but the country is on fucking fire we have a Floridian here with us as we speak who knows all about the craziness that is Ron DeSantis is Florida so that probably will be Ron DeSantis country soon unfortunately I don't know all about it from like a legal proactive perspective but I know all about it from like an emotional panic perspective so like I couldn't describe every bill to you but I could describe just the general cloak of fear mm. in the community. And this year there's been a record number of anti-LGBTQIA plus bills introduced in legislation, which if you're an educator in a place like Florida, even if you are not a part of the LGBTQIA plus community, you're going to be impacted because it's going to dictate what you can and what you cannot teach. And it's not just about the text of the bills. A lot of people will come in my comment section and be like, oh, that's not exactly what the bill says. Like, that's not the don't say gay bill. Don't call it that fake name. But what's happening is there's an overcorrection, right? So it's really dangerous right now. People are at risk for losing their children, losing their jobs, losing their lives. Oh, like we're in a full-on genocide. This is genocide. I want to be really clear and like use that language because people, when they hear that they're like don't be so dramatic we don't have concentration camps we don't have blah 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 but we fucking do in georgia specifically they just passed a bill that doesn't allow for any gender affirming care for anybody if they're autistic or have adhd or depression or anxiety and all of those things are heavily comorbid with each other i don't live in georgia but that is near and dear to my heart as an autistic queer person to even know that because i'm autistic because i have adhd that like I would be disqualified from even getting gender-affirming care because they think that I'm not capable of autonomy and, like, decisions about my body as a 28-year-old, like, is absolutely insane. And this is the part that drives me absolutely crazy about when people do the gender-affirming care bans is that we only ever ban gender-affirming care for non-binary and transgender people. Because if you look up the numbers of the amount of minors that received breast augmentation, I know multiple minors in the state of Georgia from when I was in high school that got boob jobs that their parents signed off on. That's gender affirming care. It just doesn't disrupt what you think of as the gender binary. So naturally no one cares about it. But that's not inherently less risky. Like any medical anything has some risk to it. Even when you go to the dentist, there's a little bit of risk to it. So like just with that example, you know that their motivation is not harm reduction minded. There have been situations where these bills are being presented where people propose amendments to add in, like if you're going to ban gender affirming care for trans kids or adults or whatever, you need to ban all gender affirming care, which means no breast reductions, no implants, no hair supplements for men. We perform gender reassignment surgery constantly in the U.S. to intersex children. That happens on a daily basis. And a lot of times it's not medically necessary for them. 
them. Like tons of times doctors are making that decision, sometimes even without the parent's knowledge. Like when the individual who's a small child can't express what they would like to do. And like the number of people who don't even realize that intersex people exist, or they only think of it as this like one type of intersex, which is like you're born with all of the body parts and you're just like picking which ones you want to keep and which ones you want to get rid of. But like there is genetically intersex people. You can have a double X chromosome with Y. There are a lot of like genetically intersex people who don't realize that they're intersex until they start to have like fertility testing or other types of testing done. And then they learn, oh, like I have a uterus, but I'm not even biologically female. So even the whole idea that they're like biologically two sexes is in and of itself false. For anyone who doesn't know what intersex means, and again, not a biologist, intersex is like a biological term, not a identity term. Yeah, that's important. An intersex person is someone who either has both or neither traits from the male and female sexes. So they just don't fall into those categories that we've created. Specifically reproductive anatomy. Mm -hmm. And the thing that shocked me is that a very high number of the population is intersex. Like, I think we would assume it's like one in a billion, but it's almost 2% of Americans are intersex. And most intersex people, like you said, don't find out about it either ever or until they're adults trying to conceive or run into some other health thing that brings it to their attention. Yeah. The percent of people who are intersex is higher than the percent of people who are trans in the U.S., which is crazy. Yes, which is worth noting because a lot of these bills that are being introduced specifically target the trans community. And if you you actually break down the percentages into numbers you're looking at just a handful or less sometimes of trans youth who are being targeted for example if you're talking about banning trans youth in sports the number of well first of all the number of young people who are participating in sports that's all already just a percentage of the population and then further you extrapolate that into how many of these young people are trans identifying especially in a place like elementary school middle school high school and then how many of them are in sports in some of these very very rural states you're looking at one student it's maddening to me absolutely even to bring it back to like education there's like 491 proposed anti-lgbtq bills and 288 of them are in education wow. it's over 50 percent. that is so disgusting like as a lawmaker you can thank moms for liberty oh moms for liberty can fuck off as a lawmaker if you're spending your days writing anti-lgbtq bills go to every school in the district you live in and make sure everyone has a pencil once you're done with that and everyone has a pencil, then we can talk about you maybe writing some bills. So let's focus on that first. If we want to talk about indoctrination, can we talk about how fucking weird it is that we make kids say the Pledge of Allegiance every day? If we want to get into indoctrination, like, good God, that's the definition of nationalist indoctrination. Do you want to hear something hilarious? Me and my students would never say the pledge. Like, they would play it and I would make them be quiet, but none of them would ever stand up and say it. Same. And one time the district was in my room and she stood up alone and said it. Literally stood up, hand over heart, and said it. And the rest of us were just silently staring at her. In my first section of student teaching, the same thing happened. My cooperating teacher was like an old white lady in Indiana. Old white men in Indiana, leading progressivism for generations. <laughs> yeah, right. And the one black student in that class did not stand during the pledge. And she starts singling this kid out and is like, you have to stand. And I like pulled a redacted and I turned to this lady and was like, he literally doesn't. Like you're actually infringing on his rights right now. I'm trying to tell him that you have 
to stand up. Good for you. Yeah, it was a great way to start off student teaching. She wasn't bitter at me at all for the next 10 weeks or whatever it was. But Great first day. She listened, and I educated her, and she didn't bring it up again. So progress, I guess. One of the many things that drives me absolutely insane about the anti-LGBTQIA plus movement is conservatives are trying to frame everyone in the community as an indoctrinator when these are the same people who insist that when they see a gay person, they think about their sex life. What the fuck do you think about when you see a heterosexual couple? Like, are you thinking about them banging? I think it's 100% projection. I'm going to bring it back to shiny, happy people. Christian Protestantism is inherently a vehicle for creating an environment of abuse towards children, oftentimes sexual abuse. A lot of people in power in those places are sexual predators. And so there's this entire narrative to frame LGBTQ people as predators because they truly cannot fathom that anyone would want to interact with children outside of a sexual nature. Because for so many of them, that's what they really want. One thing that I really hate is when people are like, oh, well, not everyone is like that. And it doesn't matter. To me, that's like a chicken and egg argument because it doesn't matter if the person that started it was like that. Clearly, this is a power dynamic that abusers are being drawn into and abusers are using to exploit because abusive people are going here because they know they will be in a position of power over these other people. So it doesn't fucking matter if the person that started it or you is that way. Like it literally, that whole point is null and void to me. Christianity, men, police, they're kind of all parts of the same of like, not all blah, 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 blah. And when it comes to other things like the education system, no, it's fine to be like, oh, the education system is fundamentally broken. Even if we all can acknowledge that the education system is a breeding ground, for like not great things to happen to kids. That doesn't mean that it's my individual fault or the principal's fault or the superintendent's fault. Like it's just so weird to me that people can see that nuance in education, but when it comes to other things where they have more power, they're like, nope, couldn't be the system that we the created. The way that you brought up three groups that like, I'm a big graph person. I'm really into graphs and graphics and like visual data. So I would love to see some graphics and visual data on men, churches, and police. Like let's get some Venn diagrams of abuses. Let's get some stats. And specifically white men. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy how Christian nationalism has convinced these people to vote against their own interests in literally every aspect of their own life. It's fear-mongering. I think a lot of it's fear. Right. It's very fear-based. What my boyfriend always jokes about is we watch the news every night and we refer to the news as war and we say that every episode of the news is war. They're indoctrinating your kids. And then there's good news tonight, which is always a story about a system failure that someone has worked around. These bills that are being introduced top to bottom, it affects everything. And do you want to say what state you were teaching oh, in? Oh, I can say what state because it's relevant to what bills were passed there. I taught in Indiana. My first year was in Indianapolis and it was in a middle school and it started with like my student teaching and my co-teacher quit on my second week. So then I was paying <sighs> to work. Paying to sub. Hate to see it. Paying to work as this teacher full time with a rotation of subs that just sat there and did what I told them to do while they got paid. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely perfect. It was middle school, eighth grade. And I was like already like a few months in. I was like, I cannot deal with all the penises being drawn on my calculators. The penis obsession is out of this world. And this is where I'm like, y'all really sitting here saying that like we're the one indoctrinating or sexualizing these children when like the things that they would be saying to each other or 
like, I got sexually harassed so many times as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The point I keep trying to make with bigots, which I should really shut the fuck up and just stop trying. <laughs> no, don't. You, don't. Some days I'm like, this is fruitless. But you have devalued the word groomer entirely. The word groomer used to really mean something. And it meant preparing somebody to be sexually abused by an adult. Survivors of childhood sexual abuse do not deserve you to throw that shit around like oh you have the flag in your room you're such a groomer like I mean I was sexually assaulted in a church setting and then like it's just so funny that then the same people that literally hide abuse that happened to be in a church are like well you're a groomer because you fucking care if these kids live or die like because that's what it comes down to right in their mind they're like I've seen someone care about a child once and it was not good so like any form of emotional involvement to them is inherently sexual because I think a lot of people conflate emotional connection with sexuality which you can create emotional safe spaces that's not sexual because that's just what being a person is I think I struggle to put myself in their brain because you can't because you're too empathetic and you're neurodivergent you're never going to understand neurotypical bigots. I just cannot understand why they would look at one group of people and be like, I think about you having sex and not find that very, very weird to say. Like it really is like you are something that I don't like. I want to eradicate you from this earth. Specifically in Florida, Ron DeSantis signed into law the bill that is capital punishment if you molest or assault a child. And that was intentionally not capital punishment because what that does is it actually encourages people who assault children to kill those children because if you kill them it's the same punishment so what they're framing this for is they're framing lgbtq people as child molesters groomers pedophiles so that they can that same legislation to literally execute them it's genocide there's different graphs some say is up to stage five some say up to stages seven or eight but black trans women are the most murdered population in proportion to their existence we can't even talk about it in this like logical Like, I don't understand why they're so upset because I don't think they truly believe it. They don't want queer people to exist. Not to go back to shiny happy people, but like the teachings they had made it so that every man and every home that they had was their own cult leader. And that is essentially what this is with this heteronormativity and evangelicalism, specifically white evangelicalism. If you haven't heard of like the Seven Mountains mandate, they've been planning this for over 50 years. It started with Reagan, but the idea is that they wanted to control the seven spheres of influence of the nation. And then once they have that, they can just do whatever the fuck they want essentially and make it a christian nation so sometimes people will ask me are things as scary as they seem on the news good news is everything that you're seeing on the news isn't real the bad news is it's way scarier than what they're showing and they've actually been organized for many years and have made a lot of progress and well yeah it took them 50 years to overturn roe v wade and that's the conversation i've been having with people in general around laws is that it takes a long time so one thing that happened to me that was like a really like a political eye-opening event for me is when I was working at a luxury hotel the Alliance Defending Freedom had their conference there and they bought out the entire hotel it was probably one of the worst weeks of my life my manager actually ended up giving me what ended up being a really cool project so that he could lock me in the office because I kept getting into confrontations with people this was in 2016 somewhere around then I saw them talking about the progress they had made towards getting rid of Roe v Wade and they were talking 
talking about gay marriage in the same vein. And that's when I realized how aggressively organized these people were and how far in advance they were planning. One of the biggest weaknesses of the left is we have a very low tolerance for having to be patient and we are really not good at things not having immediate turnaround. And I think that's a strength of the right is this intergenerational planning that the left just has not been doing. That is something I've been dealing with every single day. I've been trying to organize people in particular like the influencers to like in theory we can put our noggins and our platforms together and elevate the causes that matter to us and the problem is there's a million little groups what the right has is turning point a billion dollar machine that controls their messaging their influencing and the heritage foundation yes and it's just, it's really frightening. I think it's really easy to be unified when your entire platform is hate everyone that isn't you. I think it's much harder to be unified when like every single marginalized identity is like positioned against each other throughout history. Like I don't ever expect any black person to look at me and trust me because I know that white women have done them dirty their whole life. However, if we don't try to like unify together with intersectionality, and that is really actually a good segue into why I left teaching, but I also also wanted to add in this statistic that 45% of LGBTQ youth last year seriously considered attempting suicide. One in five trans students. And the right will conflate that and spin that into look how unhappy people who are transgender are. No, it's fucking you. Your hate makes people feel that way about themselves. It's not okay to say love the sinner, hate the sin. It's horrifying. Mm -hmm. I saw some conservative person saying, you don't see all these LGBTQ kids in these conservative families. Oh my God. And I'm like, no shit. Maybe it's because they know that they will be homeless if they come out to you right. or beaten or even killed. Their safety is compromised if they tell you, even to the point where most kids that I worked with, they were so afraid that their parents were going to hate them. It's so inundated in our society that like, if you come out to your parents, your parents are gonna hate you. Yeah. It's a safety issue. And that's why outing kids to their fucking parents is a ridiculous proposal. Oh yeah, that's why I quit. And to transition. Yeah, <laughs> so I ran my school's GSA, and the last year that I was teaching, the school district that I worked in decided we're going to hire someone to be like the DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusivity, coordinator we're gonna hire somebody and we're going to create equity teams at a district level and then a site level so I was on our site level team I wasn't on the district team I went into that school year feeling so hopeful because I was so excited in like a rural area of Indiana that we were starting to like try to do things that like educated people on equity and inclusivity. So every year I taught, I would give one of those boards to students that would ask them to give their information. And I always had pronouns, but when I passed them out to students, I would say like, you can pick what you want to answer. If you're not comfortable answering one of these questions, you don't have to answer it. And then if I saw that a kid's name that they wrote down and their pronouns didn't match what I had down in our system, then I would like have a verbal conversation with that student later and essentially say something like, is it okay for me to use this name if I have to contact home? Do you want me to call you this just one-on-one? -on -one? I just wanna make sure I'm honoring your wishes and making sure that you're comfortable. I never had an issue. I guess one of the first year teachers handed out a paper, but it put those questions I would ask one-on-one -on, -one on paper. So like a kid took a picture of it and sent it home to their parent, their Moms for Liberty parent, and it got posted on a Facebook group that spread throughout the entire district. And there were calls for this teacher to be fired, but 
The following week, we had a whole school meeting and the principal gets up there and he says, we can't be asking people their pronouns because it makes them feel unsafe. And we have to make sure everybody feels safe. And I'm like, good God. He's like, if kids ask to have their name changed, and I'm not talking about like, if Samuel wants to go by Sam, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about if Samuel wants to go by Rebecca. So if it seems like maybe it would indicate a pronoun change, you need to contact the counselor and the counselor will contact home, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like- Just what you said earlier about like malicious compliance. I would have started asking the most annoying questions about like trying to find the line. I would have been like, so what if someone named Alexander wants to go by Alex? Cause Alex is technically gender neutral. I did. And I was like, I have a student whose name was like Benjamin or something like that. And he went by- Chase. And I'm like, that's not a shortened nickname. Are you gay? Yeah. <laughs> At this point, I started recording what he was saying because I was like, this is absolutely bonkers. So like me and the other person who ran the club with me were like only out teachers in the entire high school. And also I'm bi and I'm married to someone who's like male presenting. So like people always assume that I'm straight, but like I was like aggressively queer because like because I knew it was safe for me to be compared to other people. We had to wear lanyards and I had like all these different pins on them. Like I did not give a shit, which like maybe I should have more because I definitely probably was not in the safest situation. You were a safe person for your queer students. That's true. I never would have changed that, but also was always terrified walking to my car that an angry parent was going to come murk me. But it's okay because I survived and I'm not there anymore. Thank God. <laughs> so I immediately after this whole thing was happening, I'm emailing our DEI person because let me break this down into seven reasons why I think this is absolutely batshit crazy. Because you're now requiring a letter from a doctor it was like a therapist or a doctor and a letter from a parent, which like, I'm sorry, but gender dysphoria is not required for gender affirming care. So I was like, okay, so this is classist. I'm also coming at it from this intersectionality standpoint of like, this is going to harm our students of color the most because those groups are less likely to have access to health insurance, have access to a medical provider. But like, y'all, I can afford therapy as a teacher. Did I need it? Desperately? Yes. I mean, when I was growing up, my mom asked my therapist about like diagnoses for autism and stuff. And she was like, I don't want to stigmatize your child. So I'm not going to provide that diagnosis. You think that the therapist in the rural Pennsylvania area where I grew up in was going to be like, here's your letter for gender affirming care, honey. Like, oh yeah. The thing that I hate the most about this and not to be on the wrong side of history, because I don't think that your gender identity or sexuality is a choice at all. But I hate that we are asking children to make Make such a definitive long-term status and heavily document it because I think teenagehood is a very natural part of life where you're exploring yourself and what you I want. I would like seven different nicknames in middle school and high school. Exactly. Like so they should have the freedom to do that for adults to then like project onto them that they're making this big statement about who they are and what this says about them when the kid most likely never even said that. They just thought I want you to call me whatever and then to require a call from a counselor like we're not fully staffed around here we're not even up to date on the ieps as an education system right but make sure you call every parent to tell them their kid might be gay i mean there is also this element of people do not see children as full actualized people there's this thought of like well children need to be told who they are or whatever but that's not the case 
And also we're gonna take a super quick ad break. We will be right back. lady this email and I listed out all the reasons why I was classes it was racist it was blah, blah, all bad things and she's like let's have a meeting and I did like 40 hours of research and I came to her with this data and how some school systems really had their shit together and they had basically pointed out that it's child abuse to not let kids define their identity because it makes them unalive themselves as I'm like explaining everything to her why all of this is problematic she looks me in the eye and she says I can't really say this out loud, but this program's really just for black and brown students. Oh, you did just say it out loud though, ma'am. She's like, obviously we can't say that because then like this rural area would never agree to it. We have to frame it as being diversity and equity for everybody, which like diversity and equity really does benefit everybody. So she's still talking, explaining to me how she doesn't trust me as a queer person because black people have aligned with queer people before. And the moment that queer people got what they wanted, they stabbed black people in the back and undermined their entire movement. And I'm like, I'll be the first person to agree that like white queer people do throw black people under the bus. Like that, I'm not gonna argue with you there, my friend, but also if we're going to literally have just defined last week intersectionality as one of our vocab words, for this year. We're gonna define that and then you're gonna sit here and tell me that you don't care about queer people when black trans women are the most murdered population? Like, what the fuck are we even doing? Who was this? The, the head, head of, DEI. of DEI. They hired a black conservative woman. The most conservative option they could find. At this point I realized like, you are not trustworthy anymore. And also now I'm realizing I've now put a target on my back. And so the superintendent actually walks into the office and he's like, oh, I wanted to join this meeting earlier. I'm so sorry. And her entire demeanor changes. She becomes a different person. And he's like genuinely trying to understand. I really think that this dude is trying to do the best that he can. And I'm trying to explain to him the problems that I foresee with everything. It included that like the system that we use marked kids sex, not gender. So I'm trying to explain to this man the complexities of sex and gender being different things. He didn't understand. And then he's asking me about Shit's Creek. They're like, so like, is it like how David, like David's a guy, but he'll wear skirts. And I'm like, yeah, that's like gender expression is different than gender and different than sexuality. So I'm like trying to do this like basic, like LGBTQ, like education for this man. I love how your superintendent was like, yeah, I'm up to date on the transgender issues. I have seen Shit's Creek. I'm very familiar. He was trying so hard. Bless his heart. It's just funny that like, that's the example that came to mind because that, <laughs> like, I've seen all of that show and that's not a major part of the plot at all. No. Like, the fact that David from Shit's Creek is where his mind went is what's making me laugh. He's like, oh, men can wear skirts now? Oh, okay, cool. I'm with it. <laughs> trying to like explain the complexities of this while also like trying to help him problem solve and come up with a way that we can make this name change better because he's like I agree this is not equitable the way that we are like going about this but like we don't really know a better way to do it and we have to be like kind of careful because like parents in this district are like already upset 
how we've handled things in the past, whatever. I was explaining to them that I had a student who was previously outed by a counselor to their parents and that student was heavily abused afterwards and that it was someone who still worked there. Happy ending. I ran into this student at By Pan Prime last year. They're okay. So I'm explaining this and how like it is dangerous. It's very dangerous to out kids. He's like, I never would have even thought about any of that because they were trying to tell me that it's a liability to not tell the parents. And I'm like- It's a liability the other way. Hate to hit you with a Uno reverse, but- So I'm sitting there telling them this. I'm crying. I'm like, I have- anecdotal evidence, I have data evidence, I have all the things to show you why what you're doing is going to unalive children. This woman has the audacity to look all of us in the face and say, well, if my daughter said I wanted to be called Jimmy and go by he, him, I'd say, absolutely not, you're not doing that, and that's my parental right. And the superintendent and I were like, your parental right to shut the fuck up? Really? Like, you just say these things out loud? Really? I'm like, so you'd be fine with your child being suicidal because it makes you uncomfortable. She's like, well, I don't really think they're suicidal. And again, it goes back to thinking that kids cannot have true emotions. And then I was like, okay, so if your kid off themselves because you didn't let them go by their name, how would you deal with that? And she said, well, they'd be in heaven, so it'd be fine. But if I let them be themselves, they'd be in hell. And I don't think I could live with that as a parent. Oh my God, the U.S. is a cult. Yeah. And I was like, at the very least, we need to have a standardized process of like what happens if a kid it outs themselves to a teacher. Like I had a list of safe teachers. This is every fucking conservative parent's nightmare. I am every conservative parent's nightmare. So Rawr. sorry to confirm your fears. <laughs> ah! No, you're student-centered. Yes. <laughs> as a teacher, we are meant to be student-centered and safe places for our students. Yeah. And that's what you were. Yes. Fuck the people that would harm them. It gets framed as like lying and being deceptive and it's not that it's I know from personal experience that y'all aren't fucking safe for your children and I'm not trying to do this creepy thing of like it's you and I secret no it's like they're asking me I want to try going by a different name what teachers can I ask and know that I won't be outed so I'm not kicked out of my house like the only evidence for that you need because I did a similar thing I had like a first day of school google form that was like what do you like to do outside of school how do you feel about school like did you go to the school last year that kind of thing and one of the questions was like what is your legal name on my roster and then the next question was what name would you like to be called in class and I gave like an example that was like my name's Samantha but I like to be called Sam and then the next question was am I free to use the name of your choosing with other teachers admins school staff and parents and the amount of kids that were like what does this question mean I tried to not use like a gender expression example because I didn't want to like cause a controversy or like get into a discussion that we didn't need to have at that exact second. But even so, like, I went by a nickname, but I didn't want people to tell my parents I went by, like, I just went by Lo. L-O. Exactly. Because my parents were like, we don't want to call, like, your name's Lauren. We're going to call you Lauren. Exactly. Lauren. So I would give an example like that. Like, I would say, like, if you're named after your dad, but you don't like using that name, so you go by your middle name, but you don't want your dad to know that. I gave that example that was not based in gender identity at all. The queer kids that you just watched the relief go over them where they were just like oh and it like just seeing that relief well, I was like wow this is like so important so then when I see it where you teachers are being required to out their students I think about those kids and like they're never gonna have that sense of relief of like oh I'm safe here no I'm safe with you no they're not I can tell you and things. it's becoming increasingly unsafe for the teachers that would protect them to be there I mean I was bullied to the point of being suicidal sorry I should be given there is going to be the biggest fucking trigger warning for this episode. I already know it. Literally, we're covering all the bases. But 
We have to talk about it. If you don't talk about it, then people don't know. Exactly. And, like, we can edit out whatever you want afterwards, too. But anyways. Yeah. Now Indiana just passed a bill that says you have to out students. They're pushing for the the same fucking Florida idea of, like, if you don't out kids, that's child abuse. So this is still a way to maliciously comply with this, is to say, all right, kid, if you decide that you want to go by this name, we have to tell your parents. And then if they decide, yes, I want to, the school needs to have a safe, in-person conversation with all of those people so that you can observe signs of abuse. We created a questionnaire for the counselors to ask the kids if they were afraid, why they were afraid. I put all of it together for them. They never fucking did it. And my club, it turned into this whole thing because they made it a thing. There were so many students that went by different names in middle school and they got here in high school and they were being dead named. Even ones that had supportive parents. And now in the legislation in Indiana, you cannot punish a teacher or reprimand them for refusing to call a student by anything other than their birth certificate name even if they've gone through all the steps that they're supposed to and i guarantee you that nicknames are not included it's a very intentional bill how many of us go by our birth certificate name this part of the bill is in reaction to a district that a teacher refused to call a trans student by their name And so the school is like, you have to call them by that. They've done everything they're supposed to. And then that teacher said, okay, I'm going to call everybody by their last name instead. But then they fucked it up. And instead they only were calling some class periods by their last name. And they had a graduation ceremony and they called only the kids in that section by their last name. So it was somewhat outing the kid. And then that teacher felt due to religious pressure and infringement on their rights, they resigned. And then they tried to undo that resignation because they believed that their freedom of religion had been infringed upon. They tried to withdraw that resignation and courts ruled in favor of the school district. But since there was a history of this in the state of Indiana, they were like, okay, we're going to put it in here specifically where you can't have any reason to fire a teacher or any reason to reprimand them, discipline them, even if a kid has a supportive family. If they call them, if they deadname them. Conservatives will call SEL the Trojan horse that is going to bring indoctrination into children's lives. But these bills, in reality, are a Trojan horse for hatred. The way they are set up is so intentional. At CPAC, they literally, the keynote speaker said, it's time to eradicate transgenderism. And I still have people in my comments saying, he just wants to get rid of the idea of it. We don't want to kill the people. It's like transgender is an identity. If you're trying to eradicate that, you're trying to eradicate people. Like they're they're one in the same. If we said we're trying to eradicate autism, that's eugenics. We're trying to eradicate autistic people from existence. He said the literal quiet part out loud and people are still burying their heads in the sand and they're going to keep doing that until there's like public executions of people. And even then they probably won't until it's happening to them as it does in fascism. So this is going to sound irrelevant, but it's not. When you're saying like as it does in fascism, it reminds me of how mainly white people will watch The Handmaid's Tale and be like, that's crazy. Good thing it'll never happen. Margaret Atwood only used examples from real life, you guys. I know, or they're like, wow, it's starting to look so much like Handmaid's Tale. It's like, yeah. I'm like, (laughs) so it's starting to look like the past. History, yes. People really thought she just like dreamed it up and like it was some horror thing that could never possibly happen. And it's like, no, this this came from the past. And specifically came from things that happened to women of color. Yes. Black women in handmaids. And forced sterilization. I might have made this up in my brain, but I remember a scene in that show where they were, they didn't show a public execution, but someone was walking and like the bodies were hanging with the bags over them. Oh, the wall. Yeah, on the wall. And I'm pretty sure one of them had the pink triangle 
on them, which is like gender traitor. Yes, gender traitor. Gender yeah, traitor. that triangle, the pink triangle, was used by the Nazis. It's been used by multiple groups historically. But it reminded me of what you were saying: of like people are gonna bury their heads in the sand until it's happening to them, even when people are publicly executed. Which I think if we did them today, people would go. I wouldn't, but people would go. I mean, there are people who still are saying they want to lynch black people out loud. Like the I, fact people feel safe enough to say these things is a huge indicator of the issue. We're in 1930s Germany. It's here. We're here. It's happening. They're targeting disabled people. That's what COVID was. That's what all the anti-masking shit was. In 1930s Germany, they started with the disabled people, the queer people. And anti-Semitism is a huge issue right now as well. And people will say anti-Semitism doesn't exist. It's it's not a yes. thing. And yes. It's literally the same pattern. So, what happened next in your oh, world? God. So, superintendent was like, I want to come to the club. Invite me to a club meeting because I want to talk to the student. Like, I want to hear the student's perspective about it. And I was like, okay, great. So, I emailed him to set up a club meeting and cc my principal. And then I got called down to the principal's office because I was going over the principal's head. And I also had just found out that I had a student that was going to be tried as an adult and asked me to write a character witness. They had already told me second period I was not allowed to write this character witness because I had the other student in class at some point as a teacher. If I wrote it for one student, I had to write it for another. And so that had happened already. So when I get this email from him about coming to the office, I start having a full panic attack. Like, I couldn't breathe. I, like, started crying hysterically. I used to think my autistic meltdowns were panic attacks until this happened. And it was the first time I'd ever had one. And I literally thought I was dying. And so I called my department head, which she was amazing. I loved her. She got another teacher to cover me, thank goodness. But I was telling her that I got this email. And she was like, do you want me to come to the meeting with you? Like, you're safe. They're not going to do anything to you. And I was just like, I just have a really bad feeling about it. Like, I had a really bad gut feeling about it. And she was like, okay, I'm going to talk to the principal. Like, I'll come to the meeting. In her phone call with him, he assured her that it was not a gotcha, that the only person that would be there was him. She didn't need to come. Lo and behold, I walk into the office and who's fucking sitting there with the principal? The DEI lady. Not the DEI lady. My least favorite reoccurring character. I hate her so much. I was so ready to like her too. Yeah. And then it turned into a whole thing about my character and how I'm intentionally difficult and abrasive and that I'm purposely causing friction. And of course I'm sitting there like my empathetic self with an animated face that can't hide their facial expressions. And I'm like, yeah, it is fucked up. We are upset. We did bring it to the DEI person. We did bring it to the superintendent. I'm expecting them to do this, this, and this. And of course they hated that because that means I'm holding them accountable for literally anything. They're all do they're all berating me about being a bad person and um, being difficult and that I I alone, with trying to protect my students, was going to cause the entire failing of the DEI program and system because I was advocating too hard. And I think that I can just go do whatever I want without asking anybody for help and that they're here to help. They were like, we're here to help you and you keep trying to do all these things alone. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Every time I come to you, you make my life harder. Like, you're here to control me, not support me. And they did not like that I said that out loud because the rest of the year was us under a microscope. Every fucking thing that my club tried to do, we were told no. So I'm like trying to find this balance of like, how do I advocate for these kids to the point where like, I still get to be here, that I'm not fired, that they are safe, but also like, if I push you hard, I'm gonna be fired. And then they're, they're not gonna have somebody. And there were just multiple occurrences. There were multiple like equity leadership team meetings where she would just go on a rant about certain people in our, equity teams that were purposely going against the agenda by um, acting out individually 
and that if we act out individually, it compromises the strength of the whole movement. In the spring, we had this event that was going to be a DEI panel. We were very excited because we got the head of DEI at Eli Lilly, which, I mean, fuck Eli Lilly, but also... Even if it's a fucked up organization, if someone's at a high level within that organization, they have credentials and things like that. That doesn't mean they're good at their job, but that means they're an important person. We wanted to have her come and talk about like what it's like doing DEI at a corporate level. I was like also data math nerd. Like I wanted to know like how are you figuring out how to quantify racism amongst your coworkers and your stuff. Your Eli Lilly minions. Yes. The DEI lady's like, I'm really concerned that it's gonna get out to the public and then it's gonna cancel our entire program. And I'm like, what? It's an insular club meeting. We're not advertising it. You already told me we couldn't advertise anything we do in the club. You know, if this had been fucking Key Club doing this, like they would have been advertising. They would have had like 700 kids coming to this thing. Like it's a huge networking opportunity also. And so she's like, we can't just have a gay representative. We need to have more representation. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll ask this counselor who volunteered, they can talk about like racial, inequity and DEI stuff as a count they're a counselor at the school and then we also have a special ed teacher who's going to come talk about it on like a disability level and the kids were so excited they plan all their questions and we invited the DEI lady to come speak because we're like oh maybe she's just feel got her feelings hurt maybe she just feels left out so they sent this email without my permission they sent an email to the superintendent inviting them to this thing and I was like oh kids this is bad. This is really, really I love bad. kids and I hate kids so much. Because, like, that's amazing. But why the fuck would you do that to me? Because these kids also were probably neurodivergent. And when the superintendent came to our meeting and the superintendent told them to email them whenever they had problems, they also took the superintendent seriously. Oh, my God bless them. Yeah. And you just made me realize something. One time I had a boss that told me, feel free to walk in my office if you ever have a problem. And then I did it and he was really not happy. And I was, like, so taken aback. And none of that clicked until right now. <laughs> Like, I have never understood why he was mad at me until this exact second. Because they don't mean it. They don't fucking mean it. They just say it as a why would you say that? Neurotypicals are so exhausting. Anyways, so he, he did come to that meeting, and the kid said to his face, when are you going to care more about kids' lives than what their parents think? I'm telling you, these kids were fucking amazing. I was blessed to spend a year in their presence. And that I think actually changed his mind because then when everything happened about the panel and I told him about the panel, he was like, I don't know why she's so upset about it because she made us send her the questions ahead of time. She had to approve them. She had to approve all the people on the panel. She pulled out day of because of an emergency doctor's appointment. What American doctor can get to you an emergency? At least come up with a realistic excuse. She was like, my kid's sick. And you know what's so funny is I knew that her husband was a stay-at-home dad. So I'm like, girl, just tell me you don't want to fucking come. I invited you to be nice. And so she was like, I'm going to send the head of the, um, the person in charge of like media and communications or whatever. So she came and she watched and saw how like chill. It literally was just the kids in the club asking these people questions. And, and she even came over and she's like, I'm not sure why I'm here. Like, none of this was bad. I'm like, oh, oh, so she just explicitly told you that it was going to be bad. And there were, like, multiple incidents where I was called to the principal's office for, like, the same amount of berating. My therapist was like, you have to, you have to find something else or you're going to need a grippy sock vacation. I hate when they say that. Like, I didn't hire you to be helpful. Like, I wasn't stressed enough 
And now I'm stressed about, like, you might institutionalize me, but great. Blocked. <laughs> Blocked. Apparently she had problems with multiple other uh, teachers. She got put on administrative leave, like, around spring break. The DEI lady? Yes. And then it was announced she wasn't coming back, but they didn't appoint anyone as a replacement. And so then it was like, it was just going to be like the superintendent. And I was like, absolutely not. We need a professional for this position. Like, I'm sorry. You didn't know what gender expression was. If it warranted paying someone a full-time salary, I would imagine that there's some work involved. Right. And I would imagine that Mr. Superintendent probably has some other stuff they have to do. And after that, like, I attended a couple of the meetings because I also pointed out, like, you only have one gay person on the district team. They thought that they were, like, they were doing the nicest thing, inviting me to be on this team. And then I was like, fuck you all. I'm quitting. Everything here sucks. I did actually have a meeting with HR, and HR did, in fact, show up. I told them all about everything with uh, the principal specifically, how awful he was, how many times, like he just said blatantly transphobic and homophobic things in front of me. One time when he met me, he told me he was so excited that it was another good Christian girl coming to teach for this school. And I was like, joke's on you, bitch. Fuck you. And the, the superintendent sent me a personal email about how surprised he was that I left. And I was like, I... I don't even know how to help you if you're really that surprised. Like, I was telling everyone how not okay I was. I was like, they're bullying me. And I was like, telling everyone, I'm not coming back next year. Like, I'm literally searching for anything else to do. And then when I got my other job, I was like, I'm getting a $22,000 pay raise and I never have to deal with any of this bullshit again. Peace out. Here's my phone number if you want help getting out too. (laughs) People literally were like, oh, you actually left. Like, you actually did what you said you were gonna do and I was like yeah I did they fucked around and found out I had the same thing where I would always threaten to quit I'd be like I'm gonna fucking quit these people think they can talk to me like this and then I actually quit and everyone was like what you actually quit and I was like yeah I've literally been threatening it for months yes my boss even when I was telling them why I was leaving she's like I can't even be like upset like it's for your mental health like people are not treating you like a human being here if you ever want to come back I'll hire you in a heartbeat but like also you probably shouldn't come back I was like, yeah, I won't be taking up on that offer. Lauren, thank you so much for taking us on this journey. I'm so sorry that that happened to you, but I'm so glad that you're a woman in STEM now. Oh, yeah. I mean, you were before, technically, but you know what I'm saying. Now you're a woman in IT. I think I may have uh, surpassed Anna in her amount of trauma. Ooh, I don't know, y'all. And it's all in Indiana. Don't move here. Don't come here. I don't think you were thinking about it, but... Oh, no, 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 thank you. I'm gonna stay right here in California where everything is super expensive, but I have, like, rights and weed. Stay there with your weed and rights. We'll be here sober and scared. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. This was amazing. Join us next week on Teacher Quit Talk where we are talking to Naomi O'Brien about all things SEL, relationship building, and why the heck people are so resistant to change in education. Have a good day at work, everybody. Or quit. (laughs) Yeah, quit. Yeah, quit. Quit your job. Just as a disclaimer, because I am someone who is actively teaching, everything on this podcast is my personal opinion and does not reflect my district, my state, my employer, my students, or my admin. Everything on this podcast was recorded on personal time, on personal equipment, and is a completely separate endeavor from my school district. Yeah, leave her alone.